0: Hello and welcome to Pastor George's Bible study.
1: Do a lot. I'm not going to do, do a lot of talking. We'll study together and draw out spiritual principles from what we've read in Second Kings chapter six, from verse eight. Now, the Bible says, um, "Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel." And he consulted with his servant, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. We are going to talk now and just see how these verses of scripture apply to us in our own generation, in our own lives. So I'm going to be asking questions. Um, Salido family, the judge family, get ready to answer questions. Let's discuss. Is that Okay. Is that okay? I want a thumbs up. Yeah. Good. That's fine. Oh, is Jethro there? Good. And is uh, Jezil there as well? Lovely. Yes. So, although I can't see their faces, but um, I believe you are there. So we are going to answer questions together. Now, the Bible says, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Can I ask a question, how does that verse I just read, that part of the verse I just read, apply to you as a Christian? Um, Let's start from the middle of my screen, the Salido family. Yes, who is going to answer? How does that? The Bible says the king of Samaria was making war, was fighting. And, you know, there's a difference between a battle and war. Um, um, Regine, I hope you are not getting answers from mommy. (laughs) Yes, you are. Okay, good. Since you are getting answers, tell us. Yes,
2: uh, because... It's, uh Yeah, it was Raph's idea, actually. You said? It was Raph's idea, not mum's.
1: Oh, it's Raph's idea, but you can answer, yes? I noticed you keep looking <coughs> at them, that's why. You're not looking at the screen, so that's why I called you, actually. I wanted to call Raph, but since you are looking at them for answers, mm-hmm. then, yes, how does this apply to you as a Christian, that verse? <sighs> Mm -hmm.
3: me or raf you um
0: (laughs) sorry no worries yeah saying how like um how because of war and conflict and all we can be like at war with other people
1: you can be at war with other people is it can you actually you can you be at war with with um with me now for instance
0: like it's like arguing like fighting
1: yes yes that's true i agree with you we can be fighting that, but it's not about that type of war who are you fighting against as a christian or who is fighting you as a christian now Uh, we could
0: say like evil or like the worldly things
1: yes you mentioned evil so who is the ark your ark enemy
3: the, the
1: devil exactly the devil isn't it? So the Bible says the king of Syria was making war. What's the difference between a war and battle Regina, can you help me? What is the difference? because the Bible did not say the king of Syria was fighting a battle against Israel. he was fighting a war. Do you know the difference between a battle and war?
0: Um, a
2: war can be like like collective time for like many battles.
1: Exactly. Thank you very much. So the war is like a prolonged, extended battle. A battle is just an event, a fighting event. That's a battle, isn't it? But a war is prolonged, and that war can be for, for life, actually. Do you understand? So, we you've told me that your arch enemy is the devil. Do you know the devil is fighting you for your whole lifetime? Do you know that? So, what, what is the, what's, what's the Bible showing us here? If you which you, translation did you just read?
0: My one is good news.
1: Good news. How did good news start? Please.
0: The Bas- king of Syria was at war with
2: Israel.
1: Okay. Now your good news says the king of Syria was at war with Israel. My translation starts with now. The king of Syria was making war against Israel. Do you know that now? the devil is still making war against you, against me, against any Christian. Now, even now, it hasn't changed. You understand? It has not changed. It's not because you are in 2021 that the devil will say, okay, you know, Regina is a good person. Let's leave her alone. No, he's interested. He's still making war against you. He's making war against me. Uh, the Bible is reminding us even now, not last year. Even when COVID stops, he doesn't stop making his war. You get it? He's doing it even now. Hmm? And is the, that is a lesson, or, or that's what God wants us to be aware of as Christians. Do you understand? The enemy is still the enemy of your soul. Is still the enemy of my soul. And the war he's waging, what is his intention? Can somebody else help me? So, Regime, pick somebody in your household that will, that will answer that question. <laughs> don't, don't point to mommy, and I don't want you to point to mommy. Mommy is excluded from this answer. Yes? Thank you. Risa. Okay, Risa. Your sister, has speak to you. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, Risa, uh, Regina, I speak to you. So, what, what was my question again? What is the devil trying to do? Yes. What is the devil trying to do? He's waging war against you. Do you understand what we said? Lisa. yes. So what is he trying to do to you as a Christian?
3: Trying to stop our relationship with
1: God. Exactly. You see, they are very correct. Why were you afraid of answering the question? Yeah. Okay, what else is trying to stop your relationship with God? What else is he trying to stop you from doing or going? Where is he trying to stop you from going? Everybody keeps looking at that corner. You yeah, looking at mommy. <laughs> Why? Why can't you look at a Regine won't we'll give you the answer. <laughs> yeah, sir. Eh? Okay, okay, tell me, look at the screen. Where is the devil trying to stop you from going?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, what did you say?
3: Heaven, heaven, exactly.
1: So the 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 battle objective of the devil and his, his wicked cohorts and his commanders. You know in every battle there are commanders, there are military commanders and all that. They are trying to stop me and you from entering heaven. So the Bible is saying now and that agenda has not has not stopped. That plan has not been shelved. Now the king of Syria is making war and if you want to put it Put it there. If you want to, you can even write it there as a, just a symbolic statement for your own life. Hmm? The Bible says, you can write, you can say in your own notebook, you can say, now the devil was making war against me. And you can put your name there. Now, look at it. The Bible says, and he consulted with his servants. I hope you know that the devil has servants. Huh? so let's leave the let's leave the salido household let's go to the george household now can somebody tell me the george household or can we answer this question who are the devil's servants um people who are
3: against um jesus
1: okay let's not go to people first who are the devil's servants
0: (laughs) is it Demons. demons
1: demons yes Demons, exactly. And do you know the devil has ambassadors even in the world now? One of the ambassadors of the enemy is already with us here. Can you mention, can you just, let's talk about it. What I mean by ambassador is the devil uses that um, that entity to wage his war against me, against you. Um,
2: is it the sinful self?
1: Yes, that's one. What else? Which? What's another ambassador, please? So, I hope you you understand. Someone mentioned the sinful self, your your old nature, the nature that does not recognize or want to do anything according to god's will or purpose you understand your the nature you were born with the enemy can use it as an ambassador to wage war against you so apart from your, the sinful nature what else which entity does the enemy use as an ambassador Yes.
0: The world.
1: Exactly the world. I want to show you a scripture. I'm trying to remember it now. Um. um, Look at. Is it in? Let me see. Let me see. I know it's in First Peter. Look at First Peter. I will look for it. Let's go to First Peter chapter two. Just bear with me. I'm trying to. Uh, First Peter two, just to buttress what we are saying. Look at First Peter, Chapter Chapter two, verse. mm, First Peter two, verse. Aha, eleven. Yes, so go to First Peter two. Regine, can you read it for us? Um,
3: beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Yes, from fleshly lusts
0: which war against the soul.
1: Do you see that? This is it's as if God is begging you, is begging me. It eh? says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners. As pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, Reggie. You have the good news there. Please can you read it from good news? Thank you very much. Please get ready. Um, I want you to, to help us in this study because good news is a good translation, because it is called good news. So let's let's read it together. Um yes.
3: He says, I appeal to you, my friends, as strangers and refugees in this world. Mm -hmm. Do not give into bodily passions, which are always at war against the soul.
1: Sorry, do not do what? I didn't hear that.
3: Do not give in to bodily passions.
1: Do not give in (laughs) to bodily passions. Which do what?
0: Are always at war against the soul.
1: They are always, always. I hope you are taking notes. They are always at war against the soul. So let's discuss what are these bodily passions that are always at war against the soul? Is they stop the soul from pleasing God or doing what God wants? What are these bodily passions? What are these fleshly passions? Yes.
0: Money.
1: Is it money actually? But you can.
0: Yeah,
1: the love of money. Love of money, exactly. So there's nothing wrong with money. So if I give you 10 pounds now, I'm giving you bodily passions. <laughs> no, money itself is not wrong. Is the love, is the love of money. You understand? So the Bible is so what are the other bodily passions? Less or fleshly lost? Yes?
3: Spending Jethro, more time...
1: You said?
2: Spending, uh, not prioritizing God. So, like, when you, like, proceed to do, like, uh, spending time on other things instead of spending time with God.
1: Exactly. So, Jethro, help me. What like are good. those things? What are those things? Be specific. Like, yes?
2: For, for me, I believe in, like... Like spending too much time on technology.
1: Exactly. Just, like be be specific. Put your finger on Another it.
2: Another one for me, <laughs> which I'm very guilty of, is spending too much time on schoolwork and re- rejecting God instead of doing uh, and just focusing on schoolwork and not spend time with God.
1: Okay. Yes, you mentioned schoolwork. The devil can quietly make it a big thing and you spend so much time, and you don't spend your goal. You mention technology, please. What What are those technologies? Mention it.
2: It's either, like, probably games, phones.
1: Games? I yes.
2: don't really I don't, I don't use social media, but I know a lot of uh, people, Yeah, like classmates who like to spend a lot of time on social media.
1: They are always like this. In fact, their finger, their fingers... Some of them, when I see them in in, in, um, in, in clinic, when they break their finger, do you know the question they always ask? Doctor, please, can I still go on my phone? Can I see? <laughs> They're always worried. And I'm asking, are you not worried that the thing will not heal? No, it's okay, as long as I can go on my phone. <laughs> I saw somebody on social media the other day. I was shocked. It's a lady. I was shocked how she was using her thumb. It was like... was moving so quick you can imagine the speed at which she was typing now some of these things like we said like we've mentioned they they amount to fleshly loss some people they do not the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning when they open their eyes eh, is what grab that phone is it it or grab that, uh, what have they said on Facebook about me today? Some people, like I told you, we've mentioned it before, they don't face the book, they face Facebook. They face Facebook instead of facing the book. And the book we are talking about is the Word of God. So let's be aware they are fleshly lusts. And this loss, this bodily loss, these things that want to grab your attention, it's not just grabbing your attention. They war. They war against your soul. They are waging a war against the spiritual health, the spiritual fervency, your spiritual passion for God. They war against it. And they don't just fight this battle once. Remember, we said it's not a battle, it's a war. And it's prolonged for the rest of your life. Bodily passions, fleshly lusts. They don't come and say, well, you know, today's your bad day, let's leave you alone. (laughs) They don't say that. They are waging a war against your soul. They want to stop that soul from getting to heaven. They want to stop that soul from serving God. They want to stop that soul from blessing God truly and obeying God. And we need to be conscious of this. They want to make you fall into temptation and give into temptation. That is why they keep waging this war. And the enemy is the one that knows how to harness. You know what I mean by harness? Huh? Can somebody tell me, what do I mean by harness? Uh,
0: like harness, you have, would have a harness if you're kind of uh, going down a cliff or something like that. You
1: can... Yes, when, when, I, when we say that the enemy harnesses your bodily, your fleshly lusts, what is he doing? He tries to, he recruits your bodily loss, your fleshly loss. He recruits it so that you can fall, so that I can fall. That's his it aim.
3: It says here is strap.
1: Sorry, I didn't hear
3: harness. you. Is it harness? Is it like a strap? Yes, yes. it's
1: a strap, but you can use it
3: like to make you, for instance, you do uh, rock climbing and you yes. have that harness. The like harness stops the... you from
1: falling down, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what the enemy does with fleshly lusts and all these sinful desires is to, is to make you. So he uses it to hold you. To hold you down. To stop you from obeying God. He uses it to pull you so that you can commit sin. And we must be conscious of this.
3: It doesn't mean really like take advantage of it.
1: Yes.
0: There, there's, yeah, the other meaning is, you know, when you, when people say you harness your resources, yeah, you know, gather them all together to yeah. use. Yes. Yeah, yes. So that's, that's the other meaning.
1: Yes. So the enemy is just using these things. To pull me and you. He's intending, he uses it to pull me and you to disobey God. Now, do you remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Do you remember? Now, what was the first temptation? Raphael, please, can you remind us what was the first temptation of Jesus in the wilderness? Is Raphael there? Yes? What was the first temptation in the wilderness when Jesus was being tempted?
0: Turning the stones to bread.
1: Yes. When he did that, what was was Jesus going through? Uh, 40
0: days without.
1: Yes, he was fasting. Uh Uh-huh. 40 days without eating and what does that mean for jesus what was going what was he facing
2: sorry
1: what was he facing at that time when he was being tempted
3: hunger
1: hunger exactly so the devil came and told jesus while he was hungry why didn't he tempt jesus while he was not hungry What do you think? Yes?
3: Because
0: that if he wouldn't be hungry, he wouldn't want food. So he wouldn't really fall into the trap.
1: Exactly. So do you notice that the enemy uses situations and circumstances to try and tempt you? Do you understand? He uses those times when you are vulnerable to tempt you. Excuse me. Will the enemy tempt you with, with anger when you are happy with everybody around you? Eh? He wouldn't. Now, in your house, let's give an example, very practical. When does Raphael annoy you, Regime? When can he annoy you?
3: He doesn't know what to say.
1: Uh, like what? I don't understand.
3: When he's in a bad mood.
1: Okay, so he can annoy you by doing what? He just take your pen and go. Making fun of me. Okay, if he makes fun of you, he annoys using it. And when he's annoying you, you laugh and say, "Well, <laughs> I feel that's good of you. I'm, I'm really happy." Is that what you say? No. No, you're annoyed. But when he is when helping you, are you oh, no. When, when you are meant to wash the dishes in the kitchen and he comes and says, no, Regine, don't worry. Go and sit down. I will do the dishes. Does he annoy you? No. That's what we are trying to bring out. That the enemy doesn't tempt you with things you are not vulnerable about. You get it. Like Jesus. Jesus was hungry. And the devil brought... Some The devil showed him some stones and says, turn these stones into bread. Do you remember the other temptation? When the devil showed him the kingdoms of the world, everything was looking beautiful. Everything was looking posh. Everything was looking nice. The devil did not take Jesus to one ghetto somewhere to show him how terrible the ghetto was. The enemy showed Jesus a beautiful world, a lovely place. You get it. And he was trying to rely on a vulnerability to see if Jesus will bow. And that strategy of war has not changed. And the prayer, what is what is the antidote to falling into temptation? Yes, can somebody help us?
2: The word of God.
1: Yes, yes, the word of God. What else?
0: The Holy Spirit.
1: Yes. So what did Jesus tell the disciples?
3: Pray that you will not fall into temptations.
1: Exactly. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. When did, um, can somebody tell me, when did Jesus say that? Jesus mentioned that. Pray so that you do not fall into temptation. Samuel, do you remember?
2: In the garden of Gethsemane.
1: Yes. Before, while Jesus was praying, isn't he? Before he was arrested. Did the disciples pray?
2: Uh, They fell asleep.
1: They fell asleep. So, who out of them fell into temptation? Yes? Samuel.
2: Um, Peter.
1: Exactly. They were not praying. So Peter, when they came to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do, please?
2: Uh, He went and cut off the hair of
1: the... Yes. He brought out a sword and cut off the ear. And I keep saying it, in my own theory, Peter wanted to cut off the head of that man. So it shows have... us, uh,
3: yes. there is and so because Peter didn't pray, mm. um, there is just um, aggression and things yes. self control, which is a uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. You see, like what Nika is saying, the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes alive when there is prayer. If you don't pray and you don't back up your heart with prayer, excuse me, you can't manifest the fruit of the spirit. You only manifest the fruit of the flesh or the works of the flesh. So that's a very important lesson we need to learn. That this war we are talking about, the enemy is trying to recruit your selfish or your sinful nature to cooperate with him, to keep fighting your soul and jesus is telling us pray that you do not enter into temptation pray that you do not fall into temptation it's very important we cannot avoid we cannot afford to ignore these instructions it's very easy i tell you if you do not pray you will be a prey for the devil Hmm? And the reason why God is showing us this instruction is so that we can take heed and apply it to our lives. Okay, let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings 6. So I hope we are taking note of these prayer points we are going to pray about. Now, Look at that verse 8 again. It says, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servant saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. Let me tell you, if you don't know, the devil is good at strategizing, at planning. Do you understand? The enemy We are fighting. He is not a haphazard or disorganized enemy. Do you understand? He is not disorganized. He is very organized. Hmm? And I want to encourage us. All the plans of the wicked one, all his plans, hmm? as we will see here, you know, you were saying here, my camp will be in such and such a place. So the enemy is organized. Huh? Do you know the enemy is very organized? Can you can any of you share with me just from your Bible knowledge of what the devil has done in the Bible? How can you show me how organized he was or he is? Just let's think about what the wicked the devil has done in the bible and let's share together why do we why why am i saying the devil is organized yes children can you help Jethro, does anything come to mind
2: like the temptation in the garden of eden
1: you see yes
2: and yeah he so satan persuaded the eve using like carefully selected words
1: uh, thank you very much Jethro. you are you are using those very good terminology which explains a lot yes carefully selected words like what uh, uh, like,
2: it's like if you eat this uh, fruit you receive the wisdom like gods, so like uh, like your eyes will be opened and yes so knowledge.
1: Thank you very much, Jethro. Carefully selected words. He told told Eve, did God really say you should not eat of this fruit? Did God really say that? Those are words that are persuasive. Those are words that are convincing. Hmm? You know, the devil did not come with long ears black face, long nose, and a red tongue. You know, the devil did not come like that. (laughs) Eh? The devil... Excuse me. If the devil came with a long tail, with his ears pointing out, with a long nose and and red tongue, will Eve not run away? If you see somebody like that, what will you do? Will you not run? No, the devil came with persuasive words, like a friend. I came to Eve. and said, Eve, how, how are you doing today? Oh, well, I'm very fine. Thank God. I saw you looking at that tree. You know that tree in the midst of the garden? What a wonderful tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good tree. God said we should not even touch it. <laughs> and then we like, ah, did God really say that? I don't think he said it. Let me explain to you what God said. And look at the enemy. Persuasive. The enemy is very organized. When the devil came to tempt Jesus, he did, he did not stop at one, he was consistent. He told Jesus, He said, Turn this bread, you are hungry, you are the Son of God, are you not? Yes, Jesus said, Yes. Turn this stone into bread, very persuasive. The devil took Jesus to a high point on the temple, very high, and told Jesus, Jesus, just fall down. Remember what the Bible says in Psalm 91. Eh? The devil even quoted scripture. He will give his angels charge over you. He will not allow your foot to hit a stone. Persuasive, he's using the Bible to, to convince, trying to convince Jesus. The enemy has not stopped. He's still doing that up to today. So when the Bible is saying, my camp will be in such and such a place, that is strategy, that is organization, that is a a wicked devil who is trying to be successful in this war at all costs. Now, what does this teach us? This scripture is only teaching us that the enemy of our soul is not haphazard, he's organized. He's doing everything to make sure you do not get to heaven. And I want to ask a question: if the enemy is making sure that you do not get to heaven, what should be your response? Yes. Abigail, if the enemy is trying to make sure and is telling himself, I must make sure Abigail does not get to heaven, what should you tell him?
0: Well, just to try even harder to get to heaven.
1: Do you know what you tell him? Yes, you are right. If you are trying to stop me from getting to heaven, by God's grace, I must make sure I get to heaven. You know, war is not, well, you are trying to push me down. Well, if you are pushing me down, maybe I will try. I will try. I will try so that you won't push me down. Somebody is trying to push you down. Eh? What should be your response?
0: Stand your ground. And stand your down.
1: ground. Stand your ground. Now, can you remind us of a scripture that encourages you as a Christian to stand your ground? Yes. We mentioned this scripture yesterday. Um,
2: Galatians five, verse
1: one. No, no, it's not Galatians. Oh, is it? Yes, a- actually, Samuel, they are very correct. Yes, that scripture is relevant. It's good, but we we'll read those two scriptures. Yes, another scripture.
0: Is it about the armor of God?
1: No, there was one scripture that talked about. It starts with. The letter R
0: resist the devil exactly
1: resist the devil and what he will flee from you and he will flee from you. We need to stand our ground. Somewhere quoted the scripture, somewhere read it. Galatians 5, verse what? Verse 1, I think. One, yes, it's verse one. Yes. Um
2: It is for freedom that Christ
1: has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again. With the yoke of bondage. So when the enemy comes, what should you do, please? Stand firm. Resist him. Do you get it? You need to resist him. You need to stand in the liberty. I hope you know that when you give your life to Christ, Christ gave you liberty. And you need to maintain that liberty. You need to stand in it. If you don't stand in that liberty, the enemy will push you down. Stand in that liberty. Where in Christ has made you free. And Jesus is, the word of God is reminding us. And the aim of your standing is so that you will not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Very important. So, that scripture the Bible says the enemy said, My camp is in such and such a place. Now, I wanted to just share with you very quickly that the devil has not stopped planning against your soul. But when he is doing all his planning and strategizing, there is no plan he's going to set up for you that God has not revealed to us in the word of God. There is no trick in the book that the enemy is going to invent that God has not showed us in his word. Now, let's look at the scripture. Look at verse 9. Every time the enemy was setting up his camp against the children of Israel, what was happening here, please? Look at it in verse 9. The Bible says, and the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware. That you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming there. Now, you children, you need to help us now decode what that verse is saying and how it applies to our lives. Now, read it again. The man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming there. Let's discuss. How does verse 9 apply to my life as a Christian now?
3: There is a warning there, George, for yes. us to avoid to, uh, to go to the trap of the enemy. Mm. Because, you know, the enemy is so clever. They can set traps that you don't even uh, notice. And then once you will be, uh, you know, you will fall to that trap, then sometimes it's so hard to climb back again to the Mm. presence of God. Like, uh, remember what um, with the life of David when um, he fell into temptation with Bathsheba, so he has to suffer the consequence to the extent that He's been crying and crying unto God in uh, Psalm 51 and until God, you know, um, heard him and forgave him and restored him. But sometimes once we lose the presence of God, it is so hard for us to be. Uh, so sensitive to the thoughts of the Holy Spirit mm. that sometimes we're not even aware already that what we are doing is no longer right in the presence of God.
1: Mm. It's so important. Thank you, Nika. That's so important that there is a warning. Do you see? Do you all see that warning in that verse? And, um, Regine, please, can you read it from Good News? Verse 9. Yes.
3: Uh, Elisha sent word to the king of Israel warning him not to go near that place because the Syrians were waiting in ambush there
1: Elijah sent what please
3: sent word to the king of Israel warning him Thank not to go much. near that
1: place. Elijah sent word are you hearing the Bible Elijah sent what word excuse me I want to ask you a question what has God sent to you to be, to be so that you will not fall into the trap of the enemy? Can somebody answer? His word. His word, exactly. His word. Now, can we bring up some words in the Bible that you know? Anyhow you want to quote it, no problem that God has sent to us to beware so that we do not fall into the trap, into the schemes, into the devices of the devil. Yes. What are those words you know?
3: Uh, For me, George, and those, uh, what you got that one, the um, spiritual armor of God. Yes. So, if we read the the whole in the uh, Ephesians, the armor of God, then it tells us all about the the use of all those weapons.
1: It's telling you to beware to put your armor on at all times. It's so important. Maybe we should read it. Go to Ephesians 6, please. Elijah sent word. Uh, Sorry, Elijah sent word. God is still sending his word today so that me and you will not fall for the trap, so that we will not fall. The enemy is putting traps on our Christian journey. We need to take heed of his word so that we do not fall. Look at it. Ephesians 6. If you go down, maybe we'll just read, just to be, just to to emphasize um, some of those words that God keeps telling us. Look at it in Ephesians 6. It says, it says, um, you know, we've talked about prayers. We've talked about, look at the armor. Just look at the armor. It says, stand therefore having guarded your wrists. Sorry, having guarded your waist, having guarded your waist with truth having put on the breast I'm reading from verse 14 sorry Ephesians 6 from verse 14 stand therefore having guarded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and have shod, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one. I hope we are, we are following. How does the enemy wage war? He sends fiery darts against your soul. You need the shield of faith to quench it. The shield of faith in the Lord Jesus. If you don't carry that shield, those fairy darts will penetrate. Mm? I hope you are understanding.
3: George, can I read the Amplified for the verse 14? Yes. And It says here, Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God.
1: That's interesting, Nika, I didn't hear you. But I think I could hear that it went through the other pieces. Are you hearing me? Yes. For some reason, I'm not hearing you. Anyway, let me see. Let me... Nika, unmute, please.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me,
1: George? I don't know why I'm not hearing you. Ah. But you can hear me.
3: Yes. Can you hear us?
1: Read, you read, yes, I yes. I couldn't hear you read the amplified for some reason. Um, don't worry. Let me let's just continue. He's saying that you should we should stand having guarded your ways with truth. Haven't put on the breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All those things are, are part of the, the armor of God. And it's so important we put it on. If we don't put it on, we are just going to fall. And this is one of the words the Lord has sent to me and you so that we can beware and not fall. By the trap of the wicked one now which other which other words has God sent to us so that we can beware which other words
2: um I'm not sure where the uh, the verse is but
0: uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood is it just yes. is-
1: it's actually the verse before? Oh, yeah. It's verse 12 of uh, uh, Ephesians
0: 6. I think I have a problem. I'm not hearing you, here Oh. It's Ephesians 6, verse 12.
1: Okay, yes, I'm hearing you now. Ephesians 6, verse 12. What did he say?
0: For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms.
1: Okay, so what does that scripture tell you to do?
0: do not, don't waste time trying to fight with other people. Exactly. Or physical things in the world. Exactly. exactly. But um, spend your time learning how to battle the devil. And his spiritual forces like
1: temptation. Yes, very important. Very important. So human beings are, first of all, not your enemy. is the wicked one. And that's what we need to be aware of. We've read some of those words that God, Jesus is reminding us of. He said, pray that you do not fall into temptation. That's a word. The Bible tells us, "Flee youthful lusts." That's a word. And pursue righteousness, holiness, faith with those who 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 follow God with a pure heart. That's a word. The Bible says, "Flee all appearances of evil." What is that, please? A word. The Bible says. Do everything without complaining and grumbling. Excuse me, what is that, please? What's that instruction? Is that not a word? Yeah, it's a word. So, God keeps sending his word so that we do not fall at the trap, we do not get entangled with the wicked one and his devices. So, if we go back to that second Kings, let's go back to it. Second Kings, chapter six, do we see there from verse in that verse nine, like Regine read from the Um, Good News Translation, that Elijah, uh, sorry, Elisha, under the influence of God, would send a word to the king. Do you see? The same way God is sending his word to us every time so that we do not fall into that trap that the enemy is setting. do you, you get it and that principle what we are reading is a spiritual principle that has not stopped even up to today remember we said at the beginning of this study the bible said now the king of samaria or uh, of syria was fighting a war and the devil now is fighting against you against me the way to deal with him is to do what what when, when we when we read when we were talking about the armor of God, what is a very important weapon you use to fight the enemy? Can somebody tell us in the Salido family, in the armor of God? What is this very important weapon? We've been talking about it all through this study. The
3: shield of faith.
1: Very important. Yes, shield of faith. There's another one that is important mm-hmm. that we use. Belt of truth. Yes. Okay. You've mentioned belt of truth, shield of faith. What else? Yes. That's not uh, the sword of the spirit. Is it hmm. Raphael
2: said, "The sword of
3: spirit." The sword
1: of the spirit. Very important. And do you notice do you notice something about all those weapons? Mm? Which is the offensive weapon? The
0: sword
1: The sword of the spirit. The, the, spirit. the other weapons are what? Not the they are defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. So if you have the sword of the spirit, you take the battle to the enemy. when you, when you discharge the sword of the spirit you actually are pounding the enemy. You are giving him a heavy blow. Do you know when Jesus was being tempted, do you notice that Jesus used the word of God at every point to, to deal with what the devil was saying? At every point. The, the, Jesus did not just say, no, I'm not going to listen to you. When the devil said, you're hungry. Turn you are the son of God. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus say? Devil, leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to you. You're a devil. You are wicked. Is that what Jesus said? Huh? Jesus did not say, did not just open his mouth and say, Well, see, devil, I am not meant to listen to you. Just go away. Excuse me. Will the devil go away? Jesus said, It is written. Man shall not live by bed alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So shall man live. The devil came again. He took him to that pinnacle. I said, jump down. Jump down. Don't worry. Angels will save you. Remember what the Bible says in Psalm 90. <laughs> jump down. Angels will save you. Jesus said, it is written. You understand? The devil took him to the world and showed him the beautiful world. Like I said, he didn't show him ghettos and smelly places. Lovely places. He didn't show him one one wretched looking house. The devil showed him posh mansions where the handle of the door is gold. The devil showed him a posh place. Nice looking. Where the city room is so big and the bedroom is Just The bed there is just wide. Maybe the devil would have showed him some electric um, mattresses. You know, there are some waterbed mattresses you sleep on that when you sleep on it, the mattress takes the shape of your body. It's computerized. The mattress knows how to adjust itself that it can give you a fine sleep. You will not even know when you sleep off. You know, there are some mattresses that will wake you up you set the alarm by the side of the bed and the mattress will just say, and you wake up. All those things, (laughs) all those things, the enemy showed Jesus. Eh? But what did Jesus say, please? Can somebody remind us, what did Jesus say in that particular temptation? Remember the devil said, Bow if you bow down and worship me now, all these things will be your own. Yes, can somebody remind us? Okay, you are checking your Bible. Um Matthew, chapter what
3: four.
1: chapter four, chapter four. Yes, yes, Abigail. Are you there? Matthew four. What did Jesus answer? When the devil showed him the whole world and said, just bow down to me and I will give you all this. Well,
0: I'm reading Luke 4, but it's... Okay,
1: Luke 4, yes. Yeah, it's written.
0: It is written.
1: It's written. Do you remember? It has to be written for the devil to run away. If it's not written, the devil will just say, wait, wait, wait. What are you saying? It has to be written. Don't say, don't go, when the devil is trying to tempt you, don't say, um, devil, I don't like you because your tongue is black, your nose is round. No, all those things will not stop the enemy. Do you understand? It has to be written. That's why I keep encouraging you every time. Please, let the word of God be on your lips. Even when the Bible is not in front of you. Excuse me. Did you see when Jesus, when Jesus was answering the devil, Jesus said, wait, wait, let me go and check. And um, 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 you are telling me to eat bread, to change this stone into bread. The Bible says, the Bible says, wait, just wait. Let me go and check what Deuteronomy chapter eight says. Was that what Jesus did? Eh? Jesus said, wait, let me go and open to Isaiah. Eh? and I will come back and deal with you. (laughs) Did the devil do that? Did the devil go to, uh, sorry, did Jesus go to his iPhone and check what the Bible said there? You know, if Jesus had used his iPhone, maybe there'll be no battery. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe the the Bible will not download. (laughs) Do you understand? So what what is God encouraging us to do? Hmm? The Bible wants us. God wants us. He wants his word to be on our lips. You understand? Children, are you listening to me? Eh? He, wants, he wants the word of God to be on our lips. He wants the word of God to be on our hearts. So that when he they, when they then wakes you up like this in the morning and he's trying to tempt you. You don't go and you don't go first of all and say, Devil, sit down first. I'm coming. Then you go and look for your Bible. Do you get it? The devil doesn't do that. I pray God will give us understanding. That was why God told Joshua. Just go to Joshua chapter one. Look at it in Joshua chapter 1. I want us to read it together. God told Joshua. Very important instruction. Look at it. Joshua 1, verse what? 8. Can somebody read it? Raphael, are you there? Please, can you read it for us? Joshua 1,
2: verse 8. Uh, this one? Is it on? Yes. Oh. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but mm-hmm. you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it but then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success.
1: Excuse me. Did the Bible say this book of the law should not depart from your Bible? Is it what the Bible said? It didn't say this book of the law should not depart from your notebook. That's not what the Bible said. It says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Mm -hmm. Do you know for it to be on your mouth, it has to be on your heart first. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? You have to be conversant with it. You have to read it. The book of the Lord doesn't just jump into your brain. It doesn't just jump into your heart. You need to read it. That is how to to get the sword of the spirit. Jesus had been reading scriptures right from when he was 12. That's why I don't want you to spend so much time on on that game. Because it will take you away from reading the word of God consistently. When you spend time with God, you are allowing the word of God sink in your heart. So that when the opportunity arises, it's the word of God that you've read that comes up. Let me just tell you sincerely. I know you think when we are looking at this Bible study and I'm telling you to open this scripture, I'm telling you to open this scripture. I did not plan it. It's the word of God that I have read that we are trying to read together, that we are studying with. Do you understand? So it's important we follow this instruction. This is another word that God is giving us so that we'll be able to withstand the wicked one. I pray God will help us. We will, we will stop here today and we continue from where we stop next time. So what are the prayer points now? What are the prayer points we can get from this study? Can some of us, can we, can we just mention a few so that we can pray about it? Yes. Um, let's start from the Salido family. What are, what are the things you've learned today that we can pray about, please? Anybody from the Salido family and he tries
3: to
1: Uh, we're at war with the devil and
3: and he tries
2: to stop us from getting to heaven. Yeah, but
1: continue to to resist and try and get to heaven. Exactly. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Excuse me, what do we resist the devil with? sword of the spirit the sword of the spirit thank you very much regine i hope that was not mommy that told you no good i'm happy because i i was hearing mommy's voice Mm. in the background but anyway it's good sword of the spirit (laughs) pray is not it that god will help us let's have the sword of the spirit on our mouth let's have it on our heart it's very important The sword of the spirit is usually discharged first of all from the heart. It's not first of all discharged from the brain. You see, when you memorize scripture, you memorize scripture so that you will know it and it will go to your heart and stay there. You understand? When it's not on your heart and you try and bring it up from your brain, it's not real. That's why it's important. That's why when they just tap you, you, it's what is in your heart that will come out. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When the heart is loaded with the word of God, you don't even need to make any effort. It just comes by the spirit of God. you understand? So we are going to pray. Lord, give me a genuine love for your word. let the word of god stay on my heart
2: Hmm?
1: so that's very important prayer point yes um abigail samuel can you tell us is there any prayer point that we can glean from what we've discussed that you should pray about um god will
0: help us not to fall into the traps of the enemy Yes, and it's different tactics, and we can do that by having the full armor of God.
1: But exactly, we, God, help me to keep the whole armor, my whole armor of God on. Lord, don't help, don't let me re, uh, go and sleep, and then you remove your helmet of salvation. Then you, then you are showing off, and you say, Lord, I don't actually need this breastplate of righteousness. I can remove it. Lord, don't let me put my ammo off. Take my ammo off. Very important prayer. Okay, we'll stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m.